Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks. Today we have as our guest comedian Ray Bradshaw, who's a really funny guy, as I hope you'll find out from this podcast. He supported John Bishop on his tour last year and yeah, I had a really nice time chatting to him. I think he's great. Um, He's on tour for the rest of February, March and April this year. And um, also as someone who grew up with deaf parents, he also does his shows in sign language while he's performing. So if you know someone who's deaf or hard of hearing who's really into comedy then you know it'd be a great night out for them as well i had a really fun time talking to him so uh yeah i hope you enjoy this one and thanks to all of you who've been listening we're really glad to have you along and um we're trying to put out a few more extra bits along the way some compilations and reissues of old shows that you might have missed um but i mean there's loads of shows in our back catalogue so if you're enjoying this then do go along and check them out on spotify or wherever you get your podcasts but yeah we'll be putting a few best of and little bits out as well so uh, if you've missed any bits you can catch up with them like that as ever if you could spend just a couple of moments of your time to give us a rating or a review that would be great it means a lot to us and uh, yeah do subscribe so you'll never miss a thing as well failing that just tell your friends when you you know your friends are saying what's a good podcast what should i listen to on the commute desert island dicks that that's that's a good thing to say it's really helpful for us and um yeah, we appreciate it. So thank you for that. Thanks for downloading this. I'm going to shut up now and we'll be back at the end for a little bit more chat. But now let's get on with it. It's Desert Island Dicks with Ray Bradshaw. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian Ray Bradshaw. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm quite excited for this. <laughs> good, good. Are you itching to get stuff off your chest? Yeah, I, I host uh, a lot of football podcasts and stuff like that in Scotland. And people describe me as too positive at points. So this will be good. Okay. This will be a chance to get my evil side out. <laughs> Do you find yourself as quite an upbeat person in general? Or? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it totally depends. So I've got a three-year-old son, so it depends how much sleep I've had, if anything. like mm. I'd, I'd say I'm quite positive. Like Putting this list together, when I was thinking about it, Dad, like, it's funny because I actually hate a lot of people that I didn't realise. And it was slowly like seeping out of me. So I think... Maybe my anger will come out as we go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that anger caused by children is is a separate thing. You know, I start <laughs> off every day just an awful person, yeah. just trying to get my kids to school and nursery. And then you you think, God, that's their last memory of me until I see them later. And I'm just going, come on, totally, come on. Totally, trying to like bench press them out of the house and stuff like that. Yeah, I get that. But then also, yeah, yeah. he's got a memory of a service, three years old. It doesn't matter. He wouldn't remember it by the time I come back. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, well, look, I know that you, you know, you're itching to go, so let's let's just get started then. Who's going to be the first uh, dick joining you on the island? Uh, controversial one here, uh, my mum. <laughs> okay, right, your mum. So I love, my mum is brilliant, Dan. My mum is amazing. Uh, she's, so my mum and dad are both deaf, so I got learning sign language, so um, I've learned a lot of skills from my mum and all that kind of stuff. But my mum, I cannot stress how much of a nightmare my mum would be in a desert island. <laughs> like, I'm ginger, so she'd be constantly asking me if I had suntan lotion on <laughs> the whole time. She would be 
making sure I was okay and constantly just checking up on me the whole time. And I think I would lose my mind. She's too nice. Mm. And I don't think you want someone that's too nice on a desert island. Yeah, yeah. I can see how that the, the constant checking thing would be quite annoying. Yeah. Like even yesterday we went for lunch and she asked me if I was okay about five times. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then I was just thinking about this list and I was like, oh my God. And also she's just a bit useless for like... <laughs> She couldn't climb a tree. She's sixty-seven. She would uh, she would weigh me down. I think. Yeah. And the good thing is about this, I don't feel guilty about saying this, is because uh, my mum is deaf, so she doesn't listen to podcasts, so I can get away with saying <laughs> this one, uh, and it won't go back to her. So that's the good thing. If I said this on telly, I would never hear the end of this. So I think this is quite a safe one for me. Mm. I've just realised that uh, my mum has started listening to this podcast recently. So actually, <laughs> I'm not going to talk specifically about my mum. But, but let's uh, talk about mums in general. Yeah, then, yeah. Let's do that. But I do think it's something about, yeah, I mean, you being on a desert island, but also sort of you know, it's your mum, you're going to have to look after her, even if she's, you know, gets to the point where she's like, look, go on, son, save yourself. I only want yeah. the best for you. I'm just weighing you that down. Would... But, you know, it'd just be horrendous. You just never could, could you? But honestly, even I bet with my mum, see when she said, like, on you go, son, I'm slowing you down. I'd be like, this is a guilt trip. You want me to do something else here. And it would just be mind games the whole time. <laughs> and also, I'm on a desert island. I don't need to be told to tidy my tent and things like that that I'm sure would be happening non-stop mm. so I think yeah I think Jill's great but I don't think she's made for <laughs> desert island life yeah I, I think it's weird isn't it because it's you know the people closest to us can wind us up the quickest you know and it's like yeah. if you go to your friend's house and you see them kind of being a bit snappy with their parents and you think come on man like chill out it's you know she's just your mum like like <laughs> but then you get back to your house and you can just feel yourself sort of going why am I a teenager again I'm 40 years old you know so on a desert island yeah I am um, we were getting work done in the house so I lived with my mum and dad two nights a week for about four weeks, me and my son, and oh, I so I was losing my mind at the end. They're so helpful, they're so nice, but again, like I'm in my thirties, I don't need checking if I want a sandwich, and also just old people have things like supper. Like, can you imagine trying to cultivate enough food for four meals a day, let alone three <laughs> or two? So. Little things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a strong choice. I, I, I think it's great when people pick their parents because it just makes it like extra, extra sort of uh, spicy. I think. And, and now your your mum's listening now. What would you say about your mum in the desert island? I should be fantastic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Uh, well, I think you know my my mum's getting on a bit. You know, health isn't great at the minute, so I think she'd admit it's probably not the ideal environment for her right yeah. now. You know, but yeah. but look, I just think it's it's a perennial thing. I'm um, you know my my. My sons aren't going to want to be stuck with me on a desert. I mean, they they're five and two, so right now they'd probably love to be stuck on a desert island with me. But <laughs> but you know, when they're our age, I'm, I'm you know I'm sort of that's the thing as a parent though. I'm really aware of the point that you know, like last week, my my son said I was the best dad in the world. But I know that there'll be a point where he's a teenager, and I'll just be sitting there minding my own business, eating my dinner, and he's going to be sitting there going, "God, just look at you, you prick!" <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> like what? I'm just eating my dinner. Like, look at the way you eat, or like the the yeah. way certain things. Are, yeah, just little things are just going to wind him up so much, and I'm like, yeah, God, got, that change terrifies me. So my wee boy Alex, he's three, 
And uh, I've already gone from daddy, you're my best friend to daddy, you're my friend. So now he started nursery, I've already been relegated. So see, by the time he's 18, he wouldn't want anything to do with me. Yeah. I'll just be a paycheck. <laughs> my oldest, when we, when it was um, lockdown and I was furloughed, so my wife's job was quite hectic nice. at the time. She was working like all the hours of the day and I was just off with my son 24-7. So he was getting really bored of me. He was only like three back then. And... Uh, I was sort of lying there in his room next to him while he was falling asleep. And he just said in the darkness, he was like, mummy's the best, isn't she? I love her more than anyone else in the whole world. <laughs> and I went, yeah, you know, I love you too very much. Uh, and there's no response. And I was like, because I'm really needy. I was like, do you, uh, do you love me? And there was no response. And I was like, sweetheart. And he, and he just went. I nodded, didn't I? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, you... So passive aggressive. I know. Well. I know. This little three-year-old voice in the dark, like I nodded. Well, that, that's the thing as well. Actually, my mum's probably. If I tell her I wouldn't take her on a desert island, she'd probably look back and say how ungrateful I was after everything she did for me. <laughs> so yeah, maybe. I mean, my dad would be quite practical, at least. Like mm. to give you a context, of what my dad's like. So my dad has been was born deaf, profoundly deaf all his life. Um, so he signs and my dad's like larger than life big kind of party animal and we were I went round to his house this was maybe August September time and he was limping when he came outside and I was like are you okay and he was like oh I fell out a tree and I was like what <laughs> and he just walked in and my mum kind of gave me a look as if you know what he's like and I went in and he's 70 and I went dad what happened he went I wanted to see at my age if I could still climb a tree <laughs> And I went, well, what did you find out? He went, oh, going up's really easy and coming down's really difficult. <laughs> and I was just like, that's, that's. So he'd be at least doing things. Yeah. Whereas my mum would be, my mum's a procrastinator as well. So I could see that being put off as well. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I think it's a very strong first addition to the island. Um, who's the next person joining you then? I've gone for a kind of blanket one. And this is my idea of hell on a desert island would to be stuck with any American talk show host. Mm. So any of them, because you see clips now, especially it was less so when I was growing up, but now you see it's always in Sky One or whatever it's called now and things like that and see the kind of mundane questions, the fake laugh and the always wanting to try play shitty games. Mm. I think a combination of all them would do dancing, yep. dancing, all of that is just not for me. And all the questions are always like, so I saw on Instagram, you painted your kitchen. And like, that would be the kind of questions you would get nonstop. And more than anything, Dad, it's the fake laugh. Yeah. The constant fake laugh and the tap of the table. I just wouldn't be able to handle it. Definitely. I think, I mean, because we don't really have the equivalent over here. You know, you've got like Jonathan Ross and Graham Norton, but it's it's yeah. not really the same thing. It's like... You know, they did other things and then became talk show hosts yeah. rather than just this thing where it's like part of the landscape. And um, and they are really weird, aren't they? Like the first time I remember watching a clip of one and realising that they did actually do the, the drum solo with the, when they do a joke, you know, and they actually go, yeah, the go yeah. oh my God, you actually do that. Yeah. I thought that was just an old throwback thing that people referenced, but you're still doing that. Fucking hell. And even the kind of awkward monologues at the start mm. and like four or five minutes daily because you know they would be doing that on the island mm. you know it like i don't like i'm not and in, in stand up there's some needy comics there's some not i'm very much one of if i'm not gigging that day i wouldn't be doing any comedy work that day mm. so 
the idea of someone waking up every morning and doing a four or five minute monologue, giving me coconuts so I can do the badumch noise <laughs> for them as well. Like, oh, that would just be hell, I think. And trying to get you to do some writing for them as well. It's like, oh, you're a stand-up, great. I need fresh blood on this island, you know. <laughs> and some of this stuff's yeah. not really landing. I can't believe I'd still be getting paid an exposure on a desert <laughs> island as well, rather than real money. Yeah, they would they would be workshopping all the time, mm. I think, and it would just be an absolute nonsense. Yeah. I think the other thing to remember about them is that you know, because they're incredibly highly paid. There's really competitive market. And I think, you know, like you hear about Ellen just being an absolute tyrant to work with. And I yep. think there's there's probably even the nice ones, there's a glimmer of like, you could be quite hard work and demand results. And like, yeah. you know, just everything has to be tight and packaged and you're the full guy if anything goes wrong. And I think... And you're surrounded by trees, so they would beat you with sticks, I'm sure, yeah. by the end of week four or something like that. Yeah. They would just be into that. So that's one for me. I think it would just be the mundane, monotonous routine of every day of them churning it through mm. that I just wouldn't be able to handle. Yeah, yeah. And I think, because I think as well, the other thing is, you know, on the one hand, they've met an incredible array of, of interesting people. But also, I kind of think like, because, you know, I've worked in the radio industry for years, so I've met lots of people, but actually my interaction with them is very small. It's like, come in, okay, let me take your coat, do you want a cup of tea? Okay, into the studio, and that's about it. And people go, what were they yeah. like? I'm like... I mean, if they were going to be a dick in that short space of time, they'd have to be a real dick. You know, and I reckon everything's so tightly controlled and managed and PR'd. Like, they probably haven't even got that many good stories about, like, oh, what was, I don't know, what's Clint Eastwood really like or something. Yeah. I saw Jimmy Fallon, was it Jimmy Fallon, I think, talking about, he was interviewing one of the Stranger Things people and her dad's Ethan Hawke. Mm. And he was talking about the time he held her as a baby. And I was... Uh, because he's in that kind of showbiz stuff and I was like that's not a good story mm. that's just you being weird pals with Ethan Hawke yeah. and I just saw that whereas he, over here when you see chat shows like Graham Norton like Jonathan Ross they let all the guests chat to each other whereas over there it's very much the host ego means one guest at a time that's all the American public can deal with whereas I just think It'd be so much like I would I would love to get stuck in an island with Graham Norton. Mm. Like I would genuinely love that. Yeah. I think that'd be so fun. Whereas Alan Carr, Jonathan Ross, whereas I mean I'm I'm saying this because it's slightly more likely I'd get on those chat shows than any of the American <laughs> ones anyway. So I might as well be career savvy. But compared to over there, it's just night and day. Yeah, definitely. And the, the when they've got you know, sometimes they've got a bit set up and they're desperately trying to get to that bit and it's like, and the, the guest just wants to talk, but they're just kind of going, okay, we're just going to leverage it into this funny bit that I've got. And it's, oh yeah, yeah, it's just such a weird thing. What about if you sang this song in the style of this while I shoot you with a water pistol? Yeah. No, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't like, handle that. Hey, you're good at impressions. I can do some impressions too. Do you want to hear my impressions? <laughs> no, just ask some questions. Like, don't make this awkward. And it's always Trump. It's always Trump the impression the, tr the impression is always Trump over there yeah yeah it's terrible yeah I think there would be absolute psychopaths to be stuck with on an island I think someone like Trevor Noah would probably be quite an interesting person to be stuck with mm. because it seems like he did other things and then came into this rather than just being like a career talk show host you yes. know well here's here's one then if Trevor Noah's sound and the rest of them are career ones 
how do you think James Corden would be? Oh. I presume he's featured in this a lot. Yeah, he has a fair bit. Yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, he, yeah, he'd be terrible. I mean, it's interesting with James Corden just seeing, like, him go over to America and everyone here just going, what? Seriously? And then just gradually seeing it dawn on, on America going, told you. <laughs> <laughs> told you. No, we don't want him back. No, oh, yeah, oh he's coming back. Oh, right, whatever. Yeah, keep your red suits. We don't <laughs> want them over here. Yeah, I think it's a fine choice. And also then you're going to have to, you know, your mum politely sitting there as they try out material on her as well. And you can... <laughs> <laughs> I'd never thought of that actually that would be incredible just watching Jay Leno do a tight six in front of my mum yeah <laughs> my I mean as you say your mum's deaf as well so you yeah. know like, it's she's just trying to lip read him in the harsh sun <laughs> turning away oh what a combo that would be and yeah. now I think about my third guest and I just think this is actually not even my nightmare desert island anymore it could be my dream dinner just a combination <laughs> of people would just be amazing okay well let's get to who's going to be your third choice my third one is the dutch footballer edgar davids okay all right what's your thoughts on edgar i generally don't have any if i'm honest dan so this is someone who i'm a huge football fan mm -hmm. and from a very early age i have always hated and i don't know why it's just like, I started watching Champions League games roughly about 1995 when he was playing for Ajax. So I'm, something must have happened suppressed in my memory. And every time I saw him play ever since, I was like, oh, that dick. And I remember I was at um, Scotland, Holland. We beat them 1-0 in 2003 in the playoffs. And uh, we were 1-0 up at the time. And he gets subbed off after about 60 minutes. And I celebrated like we'd scored another goal. <laughs> I don't know why I hate the man. I just always have. And then he came over and he came to Barnet and he was a the manager there and he did a shit job and he wasn't good at Tottenham. And it just made me feel like I justified my choices. But whenever I get asked to do this show, the first person that came to mind was Edgar Davids. And I've got this deep hate and I don't know why. <laughs> I wonder if, because I'm not a big football fan. I mean, I don't know much about football, but I wonder if it's something about the glasses because it feels like... It's just a bit show-offy, you know, and, I, and yeah. I was looking it up and it's something to do with like glaucoma and I don't yes. yeah, yeah. really understand what that is, but like, I feel like, I just don't feel like he needs them. <laughs> it just feels like you've got this accessory. So I, I thought this too, and I still play football on a Saturday morning and one of my teammates wears goggles like he does, glasses kind of thing. And I thought other teams would hate him. But all the other teams love him because of that. So I don't know whether the glasses was part of my prejudice and there's something else mm. or whether I just took an instant disliking to him because see the guys he played centre mid with like Clarence Seedorf and people like that even later Van der Vaart or the Dutch defenders of that era I love all of them <laughs> I think they're absolutely class Philip Koku Van Brokhurst but just him <laughs> I, do, I love the strikers Patrick Kluivert uh, Ruud Vedder it was just him and I genuinely don't know why. Maybe the glasses stirred something mm. in my life. I've never worn glasses. I'm the only one. So I'm 34. I'm the only one of my mates that doesn't wear glasses now. So the smugness there could play a part from early age. I just don't know. I just hate the guy. 
I just feel like, I don't know, to me it ties into something like, the, you know, like at school there'd be a kid who got sort of slightly, you know, you weren't allowed to wear something, but they were because of some yeah. like little sort of excuse. And you're like, you're always a bit suspicious of that kind of person. It's like, or just you know, because at school it could be something really small. Like, so how come you've got like a special tubey grip on your knee? It's like, oh, I've got a bad <laughs> knee. It's like, but I want one of those. Do you know what I mean? Like it felt like a cool thing. You're like, yeah. I want, I want something like that. Oh, I'm not allowed one. You know, you just wanted to be different in some way. But if you tried to be different too hard, it went too far the other way. And I feel like there's maybe like a schoolboy psychology thing in there somewhere. Like, because it, you know, it's like, why do they have to be Oakley sunglasses then? <laughs> you know, like yes. why can't they be like yeah. really clunky shit ones? And there was also um, even stuff like because Edgar Davids looks like the kind of player. I would design on any football or tennis game you get to play as yourself. Mm. A really cool guy with dreadlocks and glasses. So I feel like I should like him, but I don't. And maybe maybe I've blocked out the time there was a Dutch Suriname kid in my school that was allowed to wear the sunglasses <laughs> when I was five years old, and that was a thing. <laughs> um, and that's me just trying to justify it because he doesn't play for country maybe should have because he played for the Netherlands I don't know I've just always always really really disliked him mm. for no real reason I'm sure everyone's got someone like this but they don't really know why mm. um, like my, I remember my wee brother hating another footballer Dave Kitson I think because he was ginger and my brother hated me at the time as well <laughs> but even now he'll still bring up Dave Kitson and he's 32 years old and mm. it's still a grudge he has so but sometimes it's just it's just I don't know we're just like this as humans like I can't stand Cristiano Ronaldo and I don't even yep. watch football so like I'm sure if I did you know I'd see how incredible he is at play but I just can't stand his face I just something it just annoys me <laughs> Not, so much never mind the legal issues it's the face more than yeah anything. it just but I, I mean because I don't even know anything about the legal issues I know so little about football I basically watch it twice like every two years when there's like the Euros or the World Cup I'm yep. one of those guys uh, and because I'm from Leicester I got really into it that that year that we won that one year <laughs> yeah, yeah fair. you know but um yeah i mean but just something about him i just he's like i just can't stand looking at him you know so i guess that sometimes we just have these things and i don't know where they come from i'd imagine for you your idea of hell was piers morgan interviewing cristiano ronaldo oh god it's like why would i put myself through that it's just horrendous <laughs> Narcissist v narcissist. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, at least one of them. You know, you like. I can sort of you. You can justifiably say that you're amazing at something. So I could see yeah. how you'd become a narcissist. But Piers Morgan is like, fuck knows what's going on there. Man. <laughs> it's funny because I was going through because I listened to a few episodes. I was going through. I was trying to avoid people that would come up, but people like him. The first time I ever went viral on Twitter was such a hollow victory because the person that made it go viral with the tweet was Piers Morgan. <laughs> and I remember just, Susanna Reid did it and then he obviously worked with her at the time or something like that. Mm. So he tweet, and I was like, oh, this, is, this isn't a victory. <laughs> this is, I've won, you know that meme, I've won, but at what cost? <laughs> it was like that, definitely looking off to the sunset. Mm. Yeah, but I think you've got a good selection of dicks here. I also think the other thing about Edgar Davids is, again, you know, along with the talk show host, I mean, there's going to be a lot of ego there. 
you Ooh, know, huge. Uh, you know, he's like an internationally renowned player for years. He's going to have that sort of like arrogance built in. He's been treated yeah. very well by a lot of people, kowtowing to him for a long time. So I think that and the American talk show host, you're going to end up being some kind of weird mediator, like trying to sort of like <laughs> give them equal attention or something. Yeah. Like there's there's something beautiful about my mum sitting down and teaching Edgar David sign language, though. I do think that would be quite a. Mm. That, I mean, that could be a travel series in the future. Yeah. Move over Romesh. It's uh, Jill Bradshaw and Edgar on their <laughs> way through. I don't know, but I think something like that yeah. um, would be the only kind of saving grace. I think with him, I think Edgar Davids would dress impeccably. So on the uh, on the island, I'm not sure. And I think most footballers I've interviewed always smell amazing. So I wonder how he would cope with the lack of aftershave for example yeah yeah one day he might crack his glasses and then like god knows what's gonna happen <laughs> maybe that's the thing maybe like he'd lose his powers i'll tell you what the glasses would be great for starting fires though oh yeah that is good it's good so edgar's bringing some knowledge here okay <laughs> okay nice well yeah i think it's going to be an uncomfortable environment you know so however yes. you play it so uh, superbly done on that bit okay Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, Ray, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? So the worst drink I've ever had, I had in October or November uh, last year. So my brother lives out in Michigan and went out to visit him. And he went to one of those like candy stores. You know the ones that pop up in like London all over the place, but mm. are just clearly fronts for money laundering. Yeah. But it was an actual real one because it was in America, like an old sweet shop. And he brought back these two sodas, as he would say, because he's changed. <laughs> and he brought them back. He said French fries one day when we were out, and I was like, who the fuck are you? Like, no chips, mate. What are you on about? Anyway, uh, we went out, and he brought these two drinks back, and he was like, try them. But he took the label off them. And the first one was like, it was kind of like a cream soda, but it was really sweet. Mm. And... It was quite, I wouldn't say it was nice. I felt like I needed to brush my teeth after each one, but it was bearable. And the second one, I took a drink of it and it was the worst thing I've ever tasted. Like genuinely. And I'm a guy who, when I was younger, me and my mates would do dares. So we would drink red wine and milk. Or I remember one time I drank a Pro Plus um, and a pint of Grosch. And then I was awake for like six days or something. But this one was horrific. And I took a sip and I thought it was going to be sick. And I went, what is that? And he said it was a turkey fat soda. I mean, that's just a weird collection of words. <laughs> so like fizzy turkey fat. And I was like, how much was it? He said $9. <laughs> and uh, I was like, why have you done this? And he was like, purely so I could see your face right now. It was, I cannot stress how disgusting fizzy turkey fat is. So, I mean, just think about it. Of course it is. But I don't... What... I don't understand. There's so many questions here. I don't... I, That's, I, I said to him and he was like, oh, people get it as like a joke Thanksgiving present. Because right. we were out like two or three weeks before Thanksgiving. Um, but honestly, it was horrific. And 
sometimes when I close my eyes, I can still taste it. So that would definitely be the worst thing I've ever drank. Oh my God. I mean, because you hear stuff like, I think someone on this podcast once was talking about clamato juice. You know, it's like tomato juice with clams in it. And that's quite popular over there. And I think that sounds horrendous. But I can sort of see the logic of like, you know, something saline and salty and like with the tomato juice. Like, I'm never going to touch it, but I can sort of see where they're going. But turkey fat in like a fizzy drink is like... Let me just, because I'm just going to Google it. Uh, Yep, turkey and gravy soda, turkey fat soda. Yep, that's a thing. Um, I I wanted to check that my brother hadn't made it. (laughs) That was my (laughs) other concern there as you talked about it. Because I didn't... Given it any thought, I was just like, yeah, America's a messed up place. That'll happen. Mm. But, oh, no, thank you. No, oh, thank God. you. Oh, my God. Wow. There's this thing that I can't stop thinking about recently, and it's a video I saw on, on YouTube. And, okay, this sounds quite tangential, so I'm going to bring it round, so just bear with me. Yeah, but this is how people ended up crashing the American parliament on the 6th of January. <laughs> One YouTube video, this is how it starts. <laughs> well, no, it's about how there's a theory currently that we our galaxy could be inside an enormous black hole. Because things that we can, we know that we can only see to the outer limits of our galaxy and we can't see past it. And we also know that our galaxy is constantly expanding. And both of these facts would be true if we are in the centre of a, a black hole. So then there's this like, apparently, you know, I heard Brian Cox talking about it. It's like a viable theory now. And I always thought, you know, and you think, God, like, it's really hard to understand what a black hole is. And like, what is inside a black hole? And then it turns out that, Maybe we're inside it, and inside a black hole is turkey fat soda <laughs> and Piers Morgan and Edgar David's glasses. Do you know what I mean? It's like that's and and I keep thinking that with everything at the minute. Like every time I see something weird, I'm like, we're in the middle of a black hole, and this is what we fucking got. <laughs> yeah, is I mean to be honest, I know that sounded like a lot of shit, Dad, but to me that's the only thing that makes sense just now anymore. <laughs> Like, that's, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. It's honestly dreadful. If I go out uh, to the States, I'll bring you some back. I'm not, to be honest, <laughs> I don't think that would make it through security, would it? One scan, they'd be like, nah, shut the plane down. We're not having that on here. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, people go, obviously, like, you probably get, like, being Scottish, people go, oh, deep fried Mars bars and all that. But, like, fucking hell, I'd, I'd have a million of them before I had a turkey yeah. fat soda. Do you know, I've never felt more proud to be Scottish. I was in Bahrain. I went to do Bahrain to do a gig. And I met a member of the Bahraini royal family who'd lived in Scotland for a bit. And I was like, what did you like about Scotland? He said, "Uh, I ate a deep fried pizza. And I was like, oh, how was that? And he said, the next day I shit a lot. And I've genuinely never felt more proud to be Scottish in all of my life than that moment. Just beautiful. And the food, food wise, I've tried to go left field. Mm. So I'm going to say Haribo. Okay. um, Purely because... I always think, see, when people go and I'm a celebrity Mm. and they go, oh, I'm scared of snakes, I'm scared of mice, I'm scared of things. I don't get spiders, rats, whatever. I don't get why they do that because the producers would uh, just do that to them. Mm. Like if I went on I'm a Celebrity, I would say I'm scared of like supermodels and chips. That's what I would say. <laughs> I just I would get showered in them. So similarly here, I love Haribo, but if I can say to you or the Desert Island Gods or whoever it is, oh I hate it. Mm. That's terrible. 
then they'll shower me with it. Is that a correct way of thinking, or would I be disqualified and get no food? Well, I no, I think you're allowed that. But I mean, I do think, I mean, it's quite a bad one to live on for a long time. Well, my my thought process was there there would be some sort of fruit or meat hmm. there anyway. But also, I'm Scottish. My life expectancy is like 43 anyway, so it doesn't make too much of a difference. Might as well enjoy myself yeah. and have a treat because, say, say there's coconuts and a tortoise. You can eat the tortoise, you can eat the coconuts. And you'll never find a dessert on an island, I don't think. Apart from coconut, technically, it could be. Yeah, no, that's fair. I like your thinking. I mean, I find, like, it's weird with sweets now because I've got to the point where, you know, I still like sweets and chocolate and stuff. But then, like recently, like my son was eating like a you know the drum a drumstick, yeah, and like he, for whatever reason he wanted to put it down or didn't want to finish it or something. So I was like, oh, I used to love these, and I ate it. And I was like, oh my god, I'm an old person now because this is horrendous. Like I it, can feel every filling I've ever had straight away. Yeah, like it's sticky and it's too sweet, and I can still eat yeah. like a handful of jelly beans or something. But it's something about like a drumstick, and also. Like, I know it tastes like it used to taste. There's nothing's changed. It's like, I'm the problem here, you know. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a real wake-up call. Well, imagine how, how much my palate's changed since the turkey fat. <laughs> it's just <laughs> a different thing. I was, in, I was away with all my mates. We went to Belgium a couple of weeks ago and we were drinking like 9% beer the whole time. And went, I went to the shop in the morning uh, and I was buying like water for the room at night and like we're all hanging, so I bought some juice and stuff like that. And then I bought this pack of Haribo and I put it in the room and it was one you know when you go abroad you see like weird ones so I was like oh let's just get that and everyone was like oh mate you're 34 what are you doing buying Haribo like properly slagging me we come back into the room pissed half two whatever first thing one of my mates goes you still got that Haribo <laughs> and we all just sat around the table just all eating it trying to get a sugar high before bed and he was like oh that's old age that yeah. is old age right yeah. there and then well, I reckon this choice is going to come back to haunt you when you're sitting there and you need something to get the taste of turkey fat soda out of your mouth and you've just got a <laughs> oh, big yeah, lump sweet on sweet. <laughs> a oh, big lump of, of congealed Haribo, like a cricket oh. ball of sugar that you just have to <laughs> pick up and eat like an apple. <laughs> oh, I would just, to be fair, if it congeals and it goes like that, I would just throw it and knock out Edgar Davids. <laughs> that would be my daily, daily game. Fair enough. Okay. Well, Ray, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? Right. We'll go with... My least favourite song changes quite a lot. Um, we'll go with song... I think right now it would be Sweet Caroline. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, oh, I used to like it as a novelty... Um, when it came on like 21st birthday parties in 18 when you're younger mm. because in, instead of the but 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 it goes we can't in Scotland we go buck fast wine like <laughs> and it's just a novelty a little bit of culture yeah. for us <laughs> but I think um, since the Lionesses won um, and it was so overplayed on the radio all the time th that's, there's a difference because three lions when it comes on when England are doing well at football is for that two, three-week period. You're never going to hear Sweet Caroline played, eh, sorry, Three Lions played by a wedding band nah. or an 18th <laughs> or a 21st or on smooth radio or anything like that. But Sweet Caroline, it seems like it's on all the time now. And it's, it's an all right song. Mm. It's okay. But I just think of how overplayed it is and it reminds me of the fact that 
the Scotland women's team should have qualified for that competition and didn't, and that the Scotland men's team have only qualified for one major tournament in the last 24 years. So a combination of that and my inner prejudices mean it's got to be Sweet Caroline is yeah. the one I hate just now. Yeah, I think it's a good choice. It's, it's, it's one of those songs, we've probably all enjoyed it at some point for a bit, yep. but then you get to the point, you're just like, oh, for God, fuck's sake. Can we just, it's like the sort of keep calm and carry on meme. It's like, can we just drop yeah. it now? Like, yeah, it's, it's the new live, laugh, love. That's what it is. Sweet yeah, Caroline. yeah. it's like, we've, we've done this now. And then like, you know, and you see everyone, you, the people that you thought you could trust and they're all drunk and they're boop, oh come on come on it just really makes me think we're better than this and it's generally these days in fact i heard we had a postponed work christmas party the other week so it was like well into january and there was that point that came on and i was like i need to leave or drink more (laughs) probably both i need to drink more than leave very quickly (laughs) you know it's just like oh we were doing so well until then you know yeah and with with movies I'm not a big movie person, so mm. I'm going to pick any film that someone raves about because the amount of t- I don't do it anymore, but the amount of times I've been duped into going to see a film that people are talking about, started to watch it and thought, why have I paid eight quid for this? This is a Birdman, oh my word. That was one that um, there was going to be my one that I went to, but it's happened to me. I like... Shit, I love my favorite time is watching films on planes, right? Mm. That's what I love, yeah, because there's no judgment around you and it's free, yeah. so it's a good combination. And also, you're going to be there anyway. Because sometimes, when you know what it's like, especially if you've got kids, when you're at home, I gig a lot, so I don't have many nights at home. If we choose a film and it's shit, it really, really annoys me. Mm. Um, and even like I've got two mates who are comedians, Steve McCannon and Stuart McPherson, they do a movie podcast together, and it. I listened to one of their episodes. I've only listened to one because they started slating the Mighty Ducks. And I was like, that's one of the best cinematic masterpieces ever made. The only best, the best film in the world is, me and my mate will argue about this all the time. In my opinion, the best film sequel ever is Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. It's incredible. So my my movie, maybe I'm not the most connoisseur type person. Uh, so anything that gets a lot of buzz around the Oscars, yeah. Uh, yeah. put that on. What was the one... And there was like no dialogue in it, Shape of the Water or something like that. Oh, right. Well, they, they, yeah, like watch that shit. thing. And- yeah, pish. Uh, <laughs> just anything like that that comes up. There's one that people are talking about just now. Um, oh, what's it called? It's, it's like Tim for Oscars and stuff like that. Mm. And Banshees of something or oh, something like that. Oh, yeah, with Colin. And I was like, I'm not going to yeah. watch that. Yeah. I'll wait four years' time and it might be on Prime or Netflix yeah. and I'll give it 12 minutes when my wife's out on a night out and I'll decide whether I'm going to commit to it or not. <laughs> like that, so that kind of thing. Anything yeah. that's hyped that people think is going to be good because my standards are much, much lower. <laughs> but I think it's something also about... It's such a lonely feeling when you're in a room and everyone's raving about a film and you just don't get it. You know, yep. it's like if you're at a gig and you're not quite in the right mood and everyone's having, you look around and everyone's having an amazing time and you're like, ah, oh, like, am I, what's wrong with me? Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not in there with you and I don't yeah. get it. Or like, you know, and everyone's going, but, but how can't you, can't you see that it was so brilliant? And you go, no, it was boring. I don't care about any of the characters. Like, fuck them. And also quite a lot of times, see if there's like a sequel, like Glass Onion, watch them both over Christmas. 
everyone preferred the first one, I preferred the second one. And people go, oh, I can't believe you don't like the first one because in that bit they do this, but in the second film they don't do that. And it's like, shut up. Mm. It's two hours of Daniel Craig sounding like a fanny. That's what we're all here to listen to. And that's all. So any kind of overly hyped, whatever film is going to win lots of Oscars this year, stick that on for here to eternity. Well, I'm sure Edgar Davies and the talk show host would talk about the the meanings behind yeah. it. And I would just have to go and eat my fucking turkey fat soda. <laughs> and yeah, the talk show host will have met all the cast and director. Yes, like, of course, yes. Well, actually, I, I spoke with them and uh, they told me that... Uh, Get in the bed. Yeah, yeah. Not for me at all. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I think it's a strong choice. No, absolutely empathise. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big film fan. I constantly am disappointed by things that everyone else yeah. thinks are amazing and I just feel isolated and lonely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like, something like, do you want to go off. see the new Avatar film? Well, no, because I've not seen the first one. Also, it's three hours, 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'll get, if I sit that long, I'll get cramp. Like, I can't, can't commit to that. I need an interval for these kind of things. Like, I, yes. don't, I mean, I don't want to have to have an interval. To leave, yeah. to go home. <laughs> Just to go and have a little stretch and a walk around and make yeah. a decision. A friend of mine, um, when it was his birthday, in the day, he just had a day off and no one was about. So he's like, oh, I'm going to go and go to the cinema on my own. I never get the chance to do that. And he went to see whatever latest Avengers film it was. And that was like a three hour film. And he said at one point, about two hours in, he just needed to go to the toilet. And then when he was there, he was like, think I'm just happy with leaving the film there like he was enjoying it but he was like I feel like there's so many twists and turns where we're at now with the film is I'm fine with that being the resolution yeah and yeah. he just left just didn't go back to his seat and it wasn't like he was that's even what not Wikipedia enjoying is for. it yeah we'll find out the plot later on exactly yeah yeah I can't stand them fuck them <laughs> okay <laughs> All right, well, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? I've got two, so mm -hmm. you can choose or you can make a hybrid if you want, Dan. <laughs> okay. One animal I hate and one animal I've got a personal beef with. Right. I hate snakes. Mm -hmm. Not a big fan of snakes. Um, although I should have... I've just gone against my own I'm a celebrity prediction there, haven't I? <laughs> when I should have said, oh, I hate dogs or I hate monkeys or something. Snakes, just don't trust them. I spend a lot of time in Australia out gigging. I remember one time I was um, went quad biking mm. uh, just outside Adelaide. Yeah, Adelaide. And uh, the guy was like, oh, the tour guy was like, watch out for the brown snakes when you're going out. And I was like, oh, brown snakes, they sound innocuous. Finished it, went to my phone, Googled it, most poisonous snake in the world. And I was like, mm. why even put me anywhere near them? Like, I just don't <laughs> trust snakes. And the other one is your choice, snake or ostrich. Okay. So... I did a show, the first show I ever did at Edinburgh, I did a show where you could dare me to do whatever you wanted. So, like, I'm in Bollywood films, I went on a date with Scotland's oldest woman, I got a song in the charts, did all these different things. And one of them was to try ride an ostrich. Oh. And I found this ostrich farmer, and we went to visit him, and the ostrich just terrified me, man. Like, we were trying to... He was, I was like, is this advisable? He was like, definitely not. They will try to kill you. So I tried to get close to it and it was like going for me. And that's my only encounter with an ostrich because I shat it. That was one of the few dares I didn't do. What were the other ones I didn't do? Um, oh, go to Vegas and marry a stripper. That was one. <laughs> and my now wife was like, nah. <laughs> like, nah. I was like, I'll get it. I'll get it um, an old really quickly. She was like, no, no, no. So the ostrich one haunts me. And anytime, like, I'll take my wee boy to like a wildlife park or whatever I see an ostrich I'm like 
fuck you. Mm. Like, just not for it. Yeah. So maybe, maybe they'd be a nightmare on the island. But also on the plus side, eggs. Yeah, big ones. Yeah. The- egg and Haribo. <laughs> Make yeah. fried egg Haribos do that. <laughs> Ostriches are really weird because I saw some at a, a wildlife park a couple of years ago. And you know when they say how like dinosaurs closest relatives are birds and it's it's quite yeah. weird to think of like a a dinosaur and a bird being a similar thing and then an ostrich walked past me and i was like i get it i can see the connection now, look they at his feet fucking, man his feet are creepy they are weird aren't they but they're so fast as well yeah yeah i mean i quite always liked the idea of being able to ride an ostrich i thought you know as like an eccentric old guy just rocking yeah. up to the post office on an ostrich just like the incredible. new penny farthing is what i thought like <laughs> yeah. you can see hipsters and hackney doing that and stuff mm. like that but nah the guy was like i'd highly where was it? it was somewhere down in the north of england i went down to and uh it was just this you know you're the kind of guy who's got an ostrich farm and it's like you were in jail a couple of times for like being in a gang and all of a sudden you got a day release to an animal farm and you found out ostrich was your kindred spirit. So it was one of them. I was just like, this is weird. Yeah, because I always quite like the idea of just opening your curtains in the morning and just seeing a whole field of them just running along. Yeah. You'd be like, whoa, like every day. But then the logistics of having to deal with the fuckers, I think, would just be horrendous. You'd feel like that vibration in Jurassic Park like every morning <laughs> yeah. as you woke up. That'd be the only worry. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, maybe let's go ostriches. Let's go ostriches. Yeah, because if they're stampeding around, you know, like you wake up one morning and they've just like, because I bet they're quite clumsy as well, just sort of knock over your shelter that you spent ages crafting yeah. or something, just like, just not realising they've knocked things over. And my mum keeps coming over asking me if I want help to put it back up. You're like, no, just leave me alone. <laughs> so yeah, comedy ostrich. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just looking back at this list and it just seems like hell yeah yeah do you know what sorry i've just remembered i think flavor flav has an ostrich farm which which tells you quite a lot about the man can i can i make a thing that if i choose ostrich then i get a big clock yeah yeah like that give me my my trade-off for it's ostrich time (laughs) shout that every morning when i wake up just to piss off edgar davids yeah i think uh, yeah i think you have made a really good list and i think the 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 interplay between the characters is is brilliant and uh, terrifying i think you have a shit time and even the stuff that you're looking forward to the haribo i think you know i think you you haven't thought about that fully enough no i definitely haven't i definitely haven't the minute you pointed that out i was like oh shit i should have gone for chips or something (laughs) but yeah really good choices and it's been a pleasure and um now ray you're you're about to go on tour uh, from february is that right yeah yeah so all around the uk so go everywhere from london all up to the way to ullapool i think we're adding in southampton way down in the south so i've got 48 dates so raybradshaw.com all shows are performed in english and sign language so if you know anyone that knows any sign language or anything like that and they don't get a chance to go to comedy eh, bring them along so yeah i've got all of them to look forward to I'm, like see after covid mm. so i was dead lucky after covid because all of the work went and then I did John Bishop's tour so I was on Bishop's tour for like six months and then this it just feels quite surreal when you think about 18 months ago 18, 19 months ago comedy clubs in Scotland were still shut mm. so it just feels quite exciting I yeah. can't wait to get back out there man like yeah. and just chat to people about films that they like so I don't need to go see them <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we'll hope to see you along on one of the dates along the tour as well. And uh, thank you so much for coming on Desert Island Dicks today, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute torture.
There you go, Ray Bradshaw there, lovely guy, and uh, do go and check him out on tour. You can find his dates by going to his website, just Google Ray Bradshaw, and it's very easy to find these things. You know how the internet works, I'm not going to teach you how to do that, you know how to do this. Anyway, Desert Island Dicks has been a sync clap production. It was dreamt up and produced and originally presented by the lovely James Deacon. And do you know what? I want to give a special thanks to his dad, as always. That's John Deacon, who helps us with a lot of archive kind of stuff. He knows our back catalogue like the back of his hand. And uh, he's really helpful. So thank you, John, for your support. Now, if you've made it this far in the podcast and you're still listening, then I think you are one of our hardcore listeners. And as such, you will probably be interested in knowing about Compact Dicks. That's our little spin-off podcast where you, the listener, choose who and what you think are a dick and what would be awful to be stuck with on a desert island so we do that every week we need your submissions so we can read them out on the podcast there's a number of ways you can do that you can get us on instagram or twitter at dickspod or you can email us if you want a lengthier sort of rant dickspod.com slash contact and uh, there's a little form you can fill out there and it's really easy as well as in the podcast you can pick people song film food drink animal or you can just go off piste and just make up your own categories if you want we're open and we're ready to receive your dicks so there you go get in touch and hopefully we can add yours into the next episode of compact dicks that's about it for me today and uh, we will be back very soon with another episode of desert island dicks thanks again for listening goodbye